Welcome back to the Soul Back Podcast. This is the R&B Podcast. This is your host Kyle here. I have Edward and Thomas with me. How's it going, guys? Man, you're getting all government on us today. What's going on? You got my social security <laughs> number over there? Now, now. What's up, guys? Uh, dude, what? I have some what? bad news for you guys before we uh, get into R&B. But uh, today is July 1st, and I have officially given up red meat. Ed, Ed, I told you this last week, and uh, yep. I had a veggie burger yesterday. Uh, you know, I, I talked to Tom, and I was like, are these veggie burgers good? I had one yesterday. It was not bad. No, there I've had go. veggie burgers. They're, they're okay. Most of the time, they're okay. I've had some garbage ones. They're usually okay. Welcome to the dark side. <laughs> Ed, will you be joining us? Oh, absolutely not. Well, <laughs> I'm listen, play. I'm not gonna get on the podcast and lie to the good people, and then they see me hanging out somewhere like devouring a steak. It is what it is. I let me die happy. Fair enough, boy. Um, but I was at the store the other day, and uh, it was like the greatest moment of all time because the boy is mine by Brandy and Monica was playing in the back, and then I walked through one of the aisles, and they have a uh, Ed, and you'll really like this sour patch flavored gum. Yes, I've had it. It's pretty good. Eh, wow. It loses flavor after about five seconds, actually. Well, I mean, actually, Tom is kind of right there. It's no juicy <laughs> fruit, because that loses it in like two seconds. But it's, <laughs> yeah. it does lose it pretty fast. I don't know if you guys had it, had it over in the States, but um, I remember I used to get this gum that would like... I used to call it like the X-Men gum because you, you would get the gum and it would come with like a little comic inside, like an X-Men comic. Did you guys have that over there? It was like a pink, pink gum. Um, the only I mean, thing I, I heard know... of like that is uh, Bazooka Joe. Yeah, I know Bazooka Joe, but I don't know any like Marvel gum. This is new. <laughs> this was like the mid-90s, so way back. Um, but that was pretty good. But uh, let's talk about music for a second here. Uh, I have some sad news to announce to everyone. If you haven't gone to Best Buy yet today, uh, July 1st, so by the time everyone listens to this, it'll be past that date. But today is the very last date that you can buy CDs from Best Buy. This is it. I'm kind of in my feelings because Kyle didn't tell me this news until right before this podcast. So I'm not going to have time to do it. And as everyone knows, I still collect CDs, and I'm sure they're just giving them away. So this is my chance to get that Charlie Baltimore album I've been looking for, or that <laughs> Phyllis Most Wanted, so I can step my game up like Tom. Oh boy, do they even still? <laughs> are they like liquidating? Is it a mass sale? Like what are they doing? It might be. You can get Thriller for a oh. dollar now. Wow. <laughs> um, so if you haven't hit up Best Buy yet, I suggest you do so. Um, you know what? I think today might be the last day of them being in stock and them, like, releasing new albums. I'm sure if you walk into the store, um, in the coming weeks, they'll still be on sale. They'll probably just be in, like, a bargain bin, and then you can get, like, three for, like, $20 or something. Yeah, a few years ago, I got, what did I, I remember getting a Cameron album and something else for, like, $4. And thinking that I was, like, making out with, like, a bandit. This is how low we become when I'm excited about getting Cameron items in 2015 or whatever year that was. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um, 
let's talk about R&B for a second, guys. You know, we're talking about new albums here, and Ed, this might be the very last new album that you'll cop at Best Buy. Drake released his double disc Scorpion. Oh my this god! Week. And uh, I mean, Drake, we know him as a rap and R&B artist, but let's focus on the R&B side of things. Uh, I know you did a whole review on the album, but as we focus in on the R&B, what can you tell the people about R&B Drake? You know, with this Scorpion album. I can tell the people that if you are having trouble with insomnia, if you are looking to cure your illness and to get some rest before that big presentation at work or before you have to get ready for this big test, I know it's the summertime, maybe you're resting up before you have to get your stuff together. Throw on that side B and you will find lots of comfort in falling asleep. Just don't li- don't operate heavy machinery by trying to listen to this garbage. Because you will doze off and someone will die. Wow. Um, but on the bright side, Tom, you know how we always talk about real R&B and hoping it comes back? Yeah. Well, right. I don't know if we say that, but people do no, say no. that. No, we, no. We, we do say that. And let me be the one to inform you. Real R&B is back. Drake managed to pull... Michael Jackson and Static Major back from the dead, 2018. Everyone is reunited. That's pretty cool, wasn't it? Oh my god! I saw someone that's that sent a message that uh, Static Major was about to blow up. I guess they have no idea who he is. So <laughs> Static Major uh, that, is about to blow up. Yeah, his time is about to come. Someone tweeted that. Isn't that sad? Oh my god. That is the worst thing that I've heard all year. Here's the thing, players. That as much grief as I give this Drake album, and trust me, it's bad. Well, the be- one of the best songs on the album is "After Hours," which samples. Um, st- it has static. I guess it's produced by Static. The beat certainly sounds like a Static production, and it has his vocals. And let's forget Ty Dolla Sign destroying the track as usual. But one thing that it did so kind of remind me that. If Static was around and not about to blow up, whatever genius said that, this was 08, 09, I think those two actually would kind of mesh very well. They kind of worked seamlessly together, even if he's working with Static's ghost. I think that that track was one of the few that just kind of worked. Definitely, um, from a, from the standpoint of melodically, you know, that was Static's, you know, forte and Drake, I guess is, he capitalizes on that too. So I definitely see your point from that, from that respect. Yeah. But, Tom, you know, as Static fans, we're, we're all big Static fans here. Even that record, it didn't fully capture the essence of Static, right? It was missing harmonies that we're used to from Static. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't much of Static on it, if you really think about it or listen to it. It's still a cool song. I mean, it's nice to hear. Better than nothing, I guess. But it just yeah. kind of left me wanting more from him, especially as a Static Major fan. Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, you have to look at it as a novelty. It's just, I mean, like the Michael Jackson song, good God. It's not. It's funny how the internet kind of hypes this stuff up. It's, he's got a song with Michael Jackson. No, he has a Drake song and has superimposed some old vocals that were unused from about 20 years ago on it. It's not a Michael Jackson song. So, in the case of the Static song, the reason why it just feels a little different is because it actually feels like a Static song and not a Drake song where they just layered a couple vocals over it. So, to Tom's point, there's not a lot there. 
But it does open the possibility of being like, if that was around, if those two were around at the same time making music, we could have gotten some pretty good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, that song with Michael Jackson doesn't even sound like Michael Jackson. It at first when I listened to it, I'm like, this kind of sounds more like The Weeknd than my, than Michael Jackson. Maybe it is. It the sounds weekend. exactly it like The Weeknd, which is weird. So, is it Michael Jackson? Allegedly, it is. There was some. I can't remember who it was. I'm blanking right now. Um, there, I read an interview with someone who was from Michael Jackson's family. Not, not you know, Tito or anybody like that. But someone from the family <laughs> was saying that they were upset that the vocals were used in the way that they were used for the reasons that I said because those were unused and they weren't. They were, their purpose was never to be aired because it's unfinished. Like they didn't want unfinished work to go out in the public and they thought that Drake used them was disrespectful, whatever, whatever. So that's why it probably sounds bad because it's who knows this might not be a polished copy. The dude might have had sore throat that day and threw it in the vault. I don't know. But it certainly does not sound like Butterfly's pristine Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and what was that thing you said in your review? It sounded like someone was telling Siri to pretend to be Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah, that's oh. exactly what it sounded like. It was like I'm, I'm going to create a computer program that sounds like Michael Jackson, and it sort of does, but it sort of doesn't. It sounds like a Michael Jackson Android. Mm. Can I well, make guys, a general comment about this about the release though? <clears throat> yep. You know, in, in, in a time where People are not even releasing albums. It seems that at least Drake is doing it pretty frequently, you know, while he's in his prime, which I think is a smart thing to do because, you know, back then, years ago, artists would take years off, gaps. I mean, you got to take advantage while you can, put the music out while you're in your prime, and I wish we'd have more artists releasing music frequently while, you know, while they still can. So I give them respect from that point of view. And it, hey, you guys might mm. think it's too much music, double disc, but... I just as a music fan, I like to hear music. You guys Tom, might disagree, you know though. Man, you know, I read an article not too long ago, and I think Ed can probably expand on it. It kind of feels like at this point, when artists such as Drake and Chris Brown and Migos drop like 20, 20 song records, or Chris actually dropped like a fifty-five song album, it feels almost like data dump. It's just like they're they, they're taking whatever in their whatever's in their hard drive and they're just throwing it out there. Some of it's good, but some of it shouldn't be coming out. No, I agree with that point. I was more so just commenting on the fact that he's putting a project out. Not, I'm not agreeing with how long it is, but like at least it's a project, you know? Yeah, and I agree with that. And to Kyle's point, there is a whole school of thought that a lot of these artists from the Cousin Chris's to the Drake's are doing these data dumps because... It artificially boosts streaming numbers. Yeah. Not sure how yeah. that works, but it does. That boosts numbers, and again, it's easier to go gold and platinum. Did you know that like views is, I think, technically like six times platinum or something like that? And it's because of Drake's kind of padding out those, steep, those streaming numbers like that. So it wouldn't surprise me if this went three or four times platinum because of the actual numbers. So that's what we're getting with a lot of artists just kind of flood in the streets but if you're looking at it from a traditional album review that's why i love janelle monae's album so much it felt like a contained project with so songs where the sequencing mattered and flowed in between each other this is just like 
I recorded a bunch of songs over the weekend here, y'all. And a lot of fans say, yay, we got 25 new Drake songs. It is really quantity over quality for them, which is weird to me. But that's the era we're living in. Can someone explain how that works, though, where the more tracks you put out, it's easier to go platinum or whatever? I don't understand that. I I have read... I wish I had in front of me. I read something about a year ago that kind of broke down the mentality behind that and the streaming numbers and how, like, the longer you're on the song and blah, 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 blah. I have to break it down and find it for the next podcast. But there is a science behind it. It's very weird and very odd. And even artists like Kendrick Lamar have kind of been like, I want to go platinum the real way and not the cheating way. Because he called it kind of like the cheap way or something like that. So... It's weird, but there is a strategy behind these gigantic albums. And it's not about well, putting out the best content. Well, major labels are just looking at numbers nowadays and you're streaming stats. So you just got to play by the rules and uh, play by the game. You got to be in the game, right? So you got to adapt. There's a difference between being in the game and pimping the system, player. I vaguely remember, though, um, years ago when, when people used to release double CDs. If you bought it, didn't it count as uh, the purchase of two of the album? I think yes, sure and it, that's very okay. true. And it was also, I think that if you put out two a double disc, it counted as two albums off of whatever contract you're on. So you have like a five album deal, then that goes to three because you bought a double disc. So that, again, that's old school. I don't know if that still stands, but yes, that was true. So... Um, Tom, you know, last or a couple of podcasts ago, we talked about how Jaquees brought back all these legends and put them on his album, Donnell Jones, Jagged Edge, um, Latasha Scott. And even though the music was kind of mediocre, we gave him some props for uh, paying, uh, paying tribute and showing love to the legends. Drake does that, I think, more than anybody. He collaborated with the great Aaliyah a couple of years ago. Um, he has Michael Jackson and Drake, I mean, not Drake, Static Major on this project. He's constantly sampling um, legendary artists. I think he sampled Mariah on this on this project. Do we give him props for that? Or is that, or is that sort of like cheating the system as well? Mm, I, I give mean, him props for that. I give him props for it's, that also. I mean, it's, I'm... I'm a big Drake critic, as most people know, but I do think he's a fan of these artists. I think he's yeah. he is a big fan, and I think that allowing him to be able to do this is also his a big ego boost. But secondly, it allows him to kind of quote unquote work with artists that he can't really work. He can't really work with Aaliyah. It's probably hard to work with Mariah these days, like classic Mariah. He did that track with DMX on the last album or album before that. So this allows him to kind of work with the artist that he grew up on, even if it's doing the samples. So I'm not mad at it, but it just has to be done well. That uh, that Mariah sample on that album was horrible. It just was sounded washed out, and it was just not good. If you're going to do it, play it, do it right. Exactly. Now, I've got some exciting news as we transition from Drake onto other news. I came across a tweet yesterday, actually. Someone was tweeting my homegirl Ashanti and said hey you should do what Drake does and also release a 25 song project and Ashanti said true so we can definitely stay tuned and get ready for a 25 track Ashanti album Ed are you ready to do that one 
I am ready to destroy my hard drive. I, there will literally be a day where I will just kill over mid-review. If y'all keep giving me these 30 track albums to review that are hot garbage. Like, player, 30 tracks and you only get it right twice? You only get two good songs out of it? As much as I pick on Ashanti, and I, I, I am an Ashanti fan despite what has been said, she is one that works best in small doses. Give me a good 10 tracks. And I'll be good, Shanti. Don't give me <laughs> 50. Uh, hey, Tom, do you know the classic R&B record by this legendary group, the record If I Ever Fall in Love? Shy. Shy? Yes, yes. Ed, do you like Shy? Of course I like Shy. My old That's and my wife right really there. liked Shy. She would probably dump me for the lead single. <laughs> Legends, legends, right there, right, guys? I don't know about all that, but they are. Oh. Well, I thought everyone guys... from the '90s was a legend. Tom, oh my God, here we'll we go. We'll get into that later. <laughs> okay. I have exciting news because you guys are both shy fans. You guys obviously know that they put out their new album a couple of days ago. Musically yours, right? Who? No? What? Where? <laughs> Oh, uh, no. What? So, according... <laughs> calm down. According to Soul Child, shout out to her boy, he uh, sent us a link to their new album, Musically Yours. It came out June 29th. And I think only DJ Soul Child knew about it. <laughs> I don't understand. We've talked about this before. And, player, this is not an ego thing. And I, I say this because I mean it. Because I we all here love the genre. If you put out an album, if you're an established R&B artist that has had big hits under your name like Shy, and you put out an album, and you don't reach out to the one or two or three or four sites that are had have a voice and they are consistently talking about R&B, and you just don't even try to promote it, what are you doing? Do you want anybody to hear it other than your grandma? Like, why aren't you speaking to? your audience and getting this music out in front of them. If I knew Shy had an album out, I would have pushed it. I know you not got, you know I got soul would have pushed it. I would have reviewed it. It would have been all over my timeline. We would have helped put that music out in front of the people who want to hear it most. So why aren't you promoting it? This, this all reminds me of uh, this interview that Kyle did with Blue Cantrell where she said she was going straight back to the top when her new album came out and she was going to be going platinum. And what I mean uh-huh. by that is, what I mean is that these artists really have no idea what's going on out here in this in this landscape of music. And they think that just putting out an album is magically going to fall into the hands of their fans and it's going to blow up. And it's just sad to watch. It's almost like watching a train wreck, in my opinion. It's terrible. I just said earlier that like my wife was in love with Garfield. That's one of the singers of Shy for you children. She ain't the only one, but sisters Ooh. love some Garfield. Isn't Garfield a cat? Not the cat, you weirdo. <laughs> Garfield Bright. He's the singer in Shy. Anyway, so oh. sisters love some Garfield. And if they knew this dude was back and his boys were back, it would at least, I'm not saying it would have went platinum or like beating Drake or anything like that, but it would have garnered some interest. Why has no one pushed it? It's not even on their Wikipedia page. Like, what is going on? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at their Wikipedia page right now. It's not there. 
I guess DJ Soulchild didn't get a chance to update that yet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Um. Let, yeah. So let me ask album... you guys something. Go ahead. On, 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 let me ask you guys something. When we're speaking about '90s groups, I heard a, a, a controversial comment recently that, uh, and you guys all know the group High Five, right? Of course. Yeah. Someone mentioned that R&B uh, took a massive hit when Tony Thompson passed away. Hmm. Can I be nice? Or can I be this real? Was two- he passed away in 2007. I know. Okay. Can I'm I be just saying. nice or can I be real? I'm going to be real. I love <laughs> Tony Thompson. I love Tony Thompson, y'all. I love his, his hair. He had a subtle album. It was great. Let me tell you, High Five fell off way before Tony Thompson went in the ground. I'm sorry. Ouch. R&B took Ouch. a big hit when High Five, when Tony Thompson died. Y'all got to stop standing. I love Tony. <laughs> that is my dude. His solo album came out like 95, 96. So slept yep. on. I'm sorry. Okay. High Five was already working at Target by then. Like it's, oh my it's, goodness. You gotta oh. stop it, y'all. Yo, are you claiming that these R&B fans that listen to this podcast are suffering from a little bit of amnesia? Is that what you're telling us? Oh, that's what I'm here to tell you. Damn. So, wow. anyways, Shy's new project, Musically Yours, is in stores now. It's funny, I'm looking at the album cover and it's a chicken a bathing suit. So, there's not even a picture of them on it. <laughs> I was going to so, say, what, I- the group isn't even on it? I might, it might not even be shy. It might be like another artist named Shy. So are we, are we sure this is? Are we sure this is Shy? Is this a Shy Shy? No, you know the reason why I say that is when Silk dropped their album a couple of, I guess, a couple of years ago. I went on Spotify to look for it, and the album was actually under uh, Silk the Shocker. So it could be one of those. Oh things. man! Oh my gosh! It was. <laughs> it was. I'm not even now, lying. Now, that's really surprising, seeing uh, the quality they put into the actual physical CD. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, my Lord. I'm going to get kicked <laughs> off of here after, after the day. <laughs> they oh, reused the AOL. Podcast. They reused the free AOL CD that they got in the mail and made it their CD. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Oh, yeah, that album, and we have discussed this before off the podcast. That album infuriated me because their song... Their single was probably our single of the year, our yeah. R&B song yes. of the year. It was that great. And to put out a product that was that just like, I don't want to say unprofessional, but it just looked and felt so cheap. It cheapened their legacy. Man, if yeah. you're going to do it, I know money is hard. I don't know if you got to pull a TLC and got to beg everybody for money to get your stuff right. But do something that's not just... I got kids that I work with in the community that put out their own albums that look tighter than this. Man, little known fact about Silk, Kyle once made the group cry in an interview. This is oh no, what did you do to my boys? You know I love me some Silk. What <laughs> oh, did you no. do to my homies? No, uh, the, some of the members are actually really close to uh, Natina Reed from the group Black. She passed away in a car accident a couple of years ago, so... I brought her up in an interview, and uh, Timzo, who's like one of the more laid-back ones, kind of looks like a gangster, actually. He just yeah. <laughs> down. 
which kind of surprised me. Kyle looks me, like but... a gangster. That's funny. This is he funny. does. Thugs have, there's a such thing as thug tears. Leave him alone. Yeah. Thug Shout tears. Him, good guy. Good yeah, guy. he's a good guy. Yeah, we Sean... should get him on this podcast. We, we should. should. You, I am the biggest Silk fan, Stan, whatever, ever. Get them, Wait, get High fun. Five on. Wait, Ed, get them all question. on. Can, can Timzil sing? Is he a singer? They all can sing. I mean, they oh. all can. You know, they all know Lil G, but they all can sing. <laughs> Lil G. Okay. Um, let's talk about some more R&B here. Um very shortly I don't think it's even out yet but Tiana Taylor is planning to re-release her album that came out last week because Kanye apparently didn't finish it in time so they just threw it out there unfinished so we're gonna see a re-release of that project seems kind of fishy seems like they're just trying to give it a second look Tom exactly yeah in this day and age I mean of these industry tricks that's going on people like Chris Brown telling people to just stream the album let it hit play and leave the house I mean it seems like a, a decent trick, but I mean it's smart. I mean you got to give them credit for doing something different that I've never heard of anyone doing that before. So hey, that works. Well, Kanye sort of did it on Life of Pablo because he released it and then kept tinkering with it like it was a freaking unfinished school project or something. So there's a precedent for this, but right. I like Kyle says it seems fishy to me. It seems like. Okay, let's get another album, get some more buzz behind it, and yada yada. As we talked about last week, I thought the album was fine as is. I don't feel like that it needs all this extra stuff. Yeah, it could have had a couple new tracks. Definitely some tracks could have went, but I don't know. It's just a weird era now where people can put out an album and be like, oh, never mind, that album don't count. This is the real album. Yeah, like I said, Buzz album. They used to be Buzz singles, now there's Buzz albums. Yes, Buzz albums. What have we become? <laughs> buzz albums and playlists. You gotta love it. Um, <laughs> uh, I've got a very exciting record for everyone here. Ed, your girl Shaka Khan is back. Yes. Oh, Shaka's back? The record Like Sugar, which I believe was produced yep. by Major Lazer, which is, I think, Diplo's production team. Yeah. Ed, Tom, yeah. did you get a yes, chance to listen to it? Now, I didn't get a chance to listen to it. I read the press release. I saw the production. So I'm just happy that she's putting out music still. Yeah, this is yeah. breaking news to me on the podcast. I totally missed that. I've got to check it out. I am a Shaka fan, as most 80s R&B fans are. So I'll be checking that. I'm not sure how that would sound over a major laser, but we'll see. You know, it's said, uh, to, be the, speak, oh, yeah, it's sorry, said to be the first uh, release off her upcoming album, so that'll be exciting. Yeah, yes, of, uh New releases that didn't get posted on the site. I got an email about a new Brandy song, but it was some European EDM duo who like remade her "I Want to Be Down" song into like a EDM dance song, and I was like, "Oh boy!" Was it DJ Soulchild? I, no, ED, the <laughs> oh. DJ Soulchild is an EDM. I it was, uh, I don't know who it was, but anyway, I was, I mean, they kind of made it seem like Brandy was involved, but I listened, they just took her vocals and, you know, made it into an EDM song. It wasn't good. I mean, it, it sounds, was fine, but we, we, we like would those. Of course not. It sounds like one of those tracks they would play at spin class at the gym. Yeah, yeah. Damn. I mean, so... It was close. I was like, oh, wow, new Brandy music, but no. Right. 
like, yo, Tom, I'm really excited for this new Shaka Khan project because, um, you know, Kanye really helped her uh, bring her back to life with that Through the Wire oh, track. Oh, no. Can you? Oh, my God. <laughs> Who invited Player, this? This is what happens this? when you deprive yourself of meat. This is what happens. Your brain just floats away. <laughs> Who has Barry Barr's number? Can we give this guy a I call think I, for next episode? I'm giving him... Yes, I'll hit him up on Twitter right now. Kyle has outlived his usefulness. Go eat some meat and then smarten up. Brain Shaka, food. we love you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, last new music discussion here. Layla Hathaway is set to release a deluxe version of her album, which had the really cool album cover on it. Ed, I know you really like that project. Um, she just I released did. a remix remix of Call On Me featuring your boy Redman. Oh, and now again, I did not hear this either. Old Reggie no, Noble still putting out tracks in 2018. This makes me happy. It's, uh, I'm, I'm so surprised you haven't heard it. I mean, since there's been no music coming out, I know you haven't really been busy listening to new music. Uh, I've been listening to a Drake album for probably oh, half a week. That could do no. enough to um, <laughs> eat into a brother's spare time. So I have to catch up on all of this heat after the podcast. That one flew apparently, too. apparently the collaboration came together because Redman said happy birthday to her on Instagram on her birthday, and it led to a collaboration of the song, believe it or not. I mean, that's wow. where we're at these days. So, How is yeah. Redman these days? Is he still uh, on the top of his game or what? I mean, he's that's a legend right there. Well, he has. It's been a while since he's kind of released a solo project, but he pops up on features every so often, and he's as feisty as ever. So he yeah. hasn't lost a step. So I'd love to hear this. Yep. Um, I saw this meme or Instagram post floating around social media um, throughout the last week. Uh, I think it ended up on your cipher as well, Ed. I think you may have mm-hmm. posted it, but it didn't catch my attention until our boy Tyrese Gibson. R&B's last savior posted no. it and he wrote so let's have a discussion on this part of it at least Tyrese wrote I'm going back to the 90s I'm not sure how he's going to do that maybe with his Fast and Furious cars. <laughs> um, y'all want anything so I'm going to ask both of you guys what do you want from the 90s Tom doesn't even have to be oh, music oh man you're going to put me on the spot Yes. For some reason, the first thing that came to mind was like that. Um, what was that clear Pepsi called that they had? Um, Crystal Pepsi was it called? Chris. Yeah, I think it was like Pepsi Crystal Pepsi. I remember. It. I clearly remember it. I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take those. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna take. What were those shark shark bites gummies? Oh, play yes. That's on my list. And um, I don't know. If, I don't know if Dunkaroos is still around, but I'll take those too. <laughs> and uh, one last request, I'll take Chico DeBarge back. <laughs> Bring him back from the dead. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What about you, Ed? Well, first of all, I got to join on the Sharp Bites fruit snack chain, especially the white ones. It was, they would always have, like, one oh, yeah. in the pack, and it was always the best one. Oh, my gosh. So, yes, <laughs> I would do that. I would do... I think when I we were talking about this in the Soul and Serial Cipher on Facebook, if you're late and not on that party, I think I posted that I wanted Surge. And someone said that they mm. do sell that somewhere. That was my really? soul. 
Yes, that was my joint. But those two and player, just get me. I'm just getting an armful of R&B artists that can sing. That's all I can. Vocals. That's all uh. I ask. <laughs> just just five or six. We will hold hands like kindergarten in a line, and uh-huh. I'm just gonna pull them through the time portal with me. Church. <laughs> Listen, and, and it just look. I can get young high five. I can get all of them back. We'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> well, any of you have uh, sneakers on, or or socks, or shoes, or we'll be all barefoot. Oh boy! <laughs> Ignore this man. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, you know what I would like to see return from the 90s? Cartoons. Do, do those still exist? Do people still watch cartoons? Like They the don't. That's a good one. Like the Saturday morning cartoons? Yeah, I need some Fox Kids joints. No, they don't do that. They. I remember there was an article a few years ago about the how Saturday morning cartoons had just vanished. They, for whatever reason, they just don't have them anymore. And I think they still do have kind of random ones. But it's not like when we were kids. And most parents were just like, well, who cares? It's I've got Netflix. I'll just turn on Netflix. But yeah, this is not the same. It's not the same. Nope. What a, there's um, no more pinky to... in the brain? There is no more pinky in the brain. Animaniacs is That's, gone, you, Tom. That was like... Um, for all that. that was like me and Kyle in the early days of You Know I Got Soul. Yeah. I was... Uh, <laughs> Kyle was the brain and I was pinky. And then, like, you know, like, Ren and Stimpy. And then Kyle was Ren and I was Stimpy. He was giving me orders, man. Do this, Tom. Do this. <laughs> True story. All right. All I right. see it. All right. Yeah, can, <laughs> I, <laughs> back. can I share what Tyrese Gibson said in this post? Because we like oh. listening to what Tyrese says. Oh, well, I don't. You do. Tom, can we get a Tyrese we love you first? Uh, I'm kind of annoyed by him at the moment. Okay. Well, he said, hip-hop is just complete trash these days. F out of here if you don't agree. R&B, I'm talking true R&B, has lost its true essence. Most true R&B singers and producers feel the need to make everything feel like hip-hop because most true R&B albums just ain't selling. Hip-hop and true R&B soul music, I miss you so much. Not R&B rock pop. True R&B, I miss you. Shit is so bad these days. Everyone is turned up over trash. So so much trash that you compliment <laughs> and give love to the best of the trash. I don't even have it in me to drop every year. I just hope shit gets back on track. See you guys in the 90s. Wow. I mean, he's, he's not, not wrong. wrong. He's <laughs> not wrong at all. I can't... He's not wrong. But... I will say one thing. He does kind of seem like one of those senior people waving their cane at, that are mad that things have evolved and changed. Like, things aren't always going to remain the same, you know? Right. And then, to be fair, when the, the era that he's fussing about, I was around when the previous era were waving their canes when people yeah. were doing a lot of sampling of stuff from the 60s and 70s. And they were like, well, this isn't real R&B. You're just stealing yeah. from the good R&B and pretending it's it. So... Every generation has that, but he has points. I don't agree with him on the hip-hop, though, because hip-hop has actually had a pretty decent year if you turn off the radio. But some of his R&B points are pretty valid. I, I remember um, people were mad at 90s R&B, which is considered the golden era, but people who grew up in like Luther Vandross and Marvin Gaye and all that were mad at 90s R&B. Well, I mean, they people, sure were. 
people won't can't believe that now looking back, but that's right. you know how it was. I may have told this story before, but I had a former coworker when I worked in Louisville, and he found out that I liked R and B, and we would talk about it a lot. And we were talking about I don't know our favorite vocalist or something. And you I mentioned Keith Faith Sweat, didn't Evans. You? Oh, okay. No, I said Faith Evans. Calm <laughs> <Okay>. down. And <laughs> like he went ballistic. He was like, "Oh, she's terrible." Wow. I was like, "Faith Evans is terrible." I'm like, man, she's terrible. She can't sing and did and blah 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 blah. And then, uh, for us to hear that, it's like insane. And I do think he's kind of was pushing it because even then, if you can be critical, you wouldn't say she can't sing. But he was not a fan of her style of music because it was not from his era. But looking back, though, was eighties R and B actually as stale as they'd make you seem as they'd make it seem like it was? In what way? Like they look at nineties R and B as like the, the uh, you know a golden era for R and B, but they look at eighties like. It really did. It wasn't like a memorable time. You know what I mean? Looking I back, probably, is that true? Yeah. Well, and I, I'm looking back and I'm living through it. So, like, here's kind of the issue with 80s R&B. 80s R&B was a transition period. You had, like, the Motown soul era, the Stack soul era that was just like, to me, that, that, that might be the greatest era of R&B period. By the time it got to the late 70s and 80s, disco had kind of influenced it a lot. So it was kind of drifting away, just like we hear with trap and stuff today. This has all happened before. Disco had like really, really influenced it. So it was kind of like this combination of disco, orange, soul. And it's not that it was trash, because it wasn't trash at all. But it took a while for people to kind of find its way, because you had... The old school fans that wanted the soul. You had the people that liked disco that was like, it's alright, but it's not disco disco. And then you had people that were just coming up in it like me. It was like, oh, this is cool. Because it's kind of got the pop elements in it too. So, 80s was kind of like a transition period. It was the late 80s with like kind of return to soul and then New Jack Swing and then hip hop that kind of pushed it to the next level. So that's why I think 80s isn't remembered as fondly because it was a transition period, so to speak. Well put. Um, as I'm scrolling through Tyrese's Facebook right now, the very next post is uh, tag someone that means the world to you. Um, I would tag both of you guys, but you guys don't mean the world to me, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Barry oh, Bars, where I, are you at? <laughs> I'm saying... This is going to be, it's nice to have your epitaph on this podcast, Kyle, because you ain't going to make it this whole hour. Nah. 39 minutes in and you ain't making it. No, we're not. Um, now, can we get into the Play a Please Award? Of course. Uh, we've got a couple to go through right now. Um, now, when we talk about people complaining about the current generation, you know, historically we've all done that. Um, can I give the Play a Please Award to our, bo- our boy Zeppelin? Oh my god. Don't do that. What did he do? Well, this is actually more of a personal play of please. But, Ed, you watched the uh, BET Awards last week, didn't you? Oh god. I literally had forgotten about it. But yes, unfortunately. I did. <laughs> <laughs> did you witness her on stage? I did. It was one of the brighter spots, to be honest. In history, right? Um... 
in history. Brighter spots of last week. Oh my okay. god. Why does ever continue? Well, I have a stroke talking to you. I was astonished and amazed watching that performance, and that was like a legendary performance in my humble opinion and true opinion. Uh-huh. But uh, Zeppelin thought the opposite and said, "Yep, after watching that performance, I don't see superstar status." And I was offended, guys. Well, I'll s- look. Ed, I will say answer this, this correctly, not- or Barry Bars might have to be on this podcast. Well, we <laughs> already know he's going to be on the podcast. He's going to be sitting be in your seat. It's going to be me and two Barry Bars next week. <laughs> oh, my That's gosh. Bad. A clone of Barry Bars? <laughs> I would tune in just to hear that. <laughs> One saying that Usher is the greatest of all time. The other saying that Jeremiah is the greatest of all time. You Ooh. have fun with that. <laughs> anyway, um, what was I talking about? Her. I really like the performance, but... I could, you could make a legit argument, just given the benefit of the doubt, that while I really liked it, maybe you might not think, I'm not saying you, but I'm saying him, that it was a star-making performance. Like, it could be, because everyone isn't a star, and maybe in his eyes, she doesn't have that off-the-page star-making quality. I think that she could in time. I don't think she has it right now. But she definitely has the potential to be top tier. And he well, says, it just sounds to me that he doesn't see, like, mega star in her. And I can understand why he says that. Well, Tom, I want to ask you, do you um, link up hit records with superstar status? Because some people would say that SZA is a star, but to me, she just has hits. This is a really complicated uh, conversation because these days it, it, I feel like it's a lot different. I mean, you you know, in the '90s, you know, if you had a hit, you were automatically a celebrity. You know, there was a lore about you. you people didn't have access to the artist. Now it, it's kind of different. I mean, I I mean, I really don't even know what SZA looks like. And her, you know, we knew her gimmick and her campaign, but not, you know, we couldn't see her, and that kind of helped her. We knew her from her first single. Remember she was singing in Tyrese's backyard with a guitar or something, and we heard she was the next big thing? Next thing you know... I remember this. She rebranded to her, and then you didn't even know who she was, and it kind of worked. It's it's tricky. I don't know how to answer that question. If you have a lot of hits, are you a star? I mean, I think what Zeppelin was referring to was that star qualities. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like the, as a person, like they stood out as be, having the it factor. And um, it's really hard to, to define that. I mean, but you can tell a standout performance if you see one, as opposed to just a good performance. This but I mean, in this case, it's it's really tricky to, to say. I, I I don't have an opinion either way yet. It just depends on how you look at it. As much as I despise Nicki Minaj, she has like that mega star X factor. She just she's a person that if she walked in a room. And not yes. dressed like a giant bottle of Pepto-Bismol or whatever she is. But, <laughs> you know, if she walked in a room, she would look like a big deal. If Gabby oh. slash her dropped, walked in a room, oh, that's a pretty girl. And that's not a shot at her. But that's just what I think he was referring to. Like star, mega star quality, not talent. You know, well, let, me, like let me flip this to Kyle, though. Kyle, you've been in the room with her on a number of times. Did you yep. feel like she, like in that room, 
like she stood out because like just the presence you know talk about it well no she was like my homie <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know if it's an age thing but at the same time she, yeah she she seemed more like a homie but on the contrary to that tom remember at essence a couple of years ago when tgt walked on walked on stage mm-hmm. in the press room and i was more excited about their road manager jay valentine being there <sighs> so i'm not the i'm not the right person to ask about this stuff oh hey, clearly not valentine? oh my god <laughs> hey, but then you on earth right? <laughs> I, of, I guarantee you, you're the only person they recognize. Like, oh my, I, this is the first time I'm hearing this story. This is ridiculous. Well, speaking of lacking star quality, we love Daly, but at that same Essence Festival, he walked in the back door of the press room looking for the restroom, and no one even knew the difference between him and any other press member or fan. So, <laughs> I mean, that's just, just an example. We love Daly, but like he's another one that's kind of more low-key, not... Not the personality you'd expect to be a, a standout star, per se, quote-unquote. Yep. So, I'll tell you who uh, is a star, exactly. I'll tell and you again, who is a star. Uh, Pitbull is a star. His gyrating and, and thrusting on stage, it works. He's actually, he has an aura about him. <sighs> it's true. <laughs> I have nothing to say to that. Listen, I think at this point I'll put Jay Valentine on the podcast before this guy. <laughs> Jay Valentine. <laughs> Jay Valentine. Right. Actually, no. We tried to get a Jay Valentine interview and we were turned down. Right, Kyle? Yeah, this is true. What is Jay Valentine doing? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. This actually happened. Yes, it did. Um, hey, uh, can I can I give a quick shout out to Zeppelin though because we just did a feature with him for the site. Oh no, yeah, absolutely. It's good that, yeah. it's good that you brought him up, but we partnered up with Zeppelin and his uh, production company Neo Elite Music to do a Millennials and Music feature. He, him and yes, his team are interviewing that. artists. Um, right now, they did two: Ocean and Amber Mark, uh, and basically they're just trying to highlight some of the younger up and coming artists, and uh, they're doing interviews and uh, just trying to find a connection with them artists who are doing positive music so you know shout out to zeppelin he's been a guest on our podcast before and he's really you know kind of making his mark in the dc area and um trying to you know do some positive things for the music so we're happy to partner with him on these features so um check them out on the site they're on there right now both of those interviews yeah i'm glad you mentioned that i did check that out amber mark is somebody that i think we really should keep our eye on i think she's got some talent so good yeah. to see that thriving and you know speaking of talent like we were saying it's just we're in a weird we're in a weird era where you would think that talent would automatically make you a star but kind of don't and i love her i love her but i don't know i kind of feel like i I understand what the homie was saying with that one that's where i'm going i feel like i feel what he's saying yeah doesn't mean that she's not talented she just might not be the aura of an usher so to speak yeah, and shout out to Zeppelin. I'm just messing with you. Uh, I was in my feelings a little bit, yeah. but Zeppelin, <laughs> you and I are cool, so we're good. <laughs> it was a great combo. I'm glad you brought that up. Exactly. Uh, we have another play of please. This is a two part play of please. This goes to Kanye West, title and a Kanye West fan. You guys oh, will be no. very excited about this one. <laughs> so when Kanye released his last project, the one before this one, the the Life of Pablo. Um, mm-hmm. It was supposed to be a title exclusive. He tweeted it out. 
you're not going to find this project on anywhere else but Tidal. And then like two weeks later, it was released on Spotify and all of that good stuff. Sort of like how Beyonce and Jay did it with their new album. And um, yeah, as a result of that, a Kanye fan said, dang, I got to listen to this project now. I'm going to subscribe to Tidal, making him one of four people that have subscribed to Tidal at this point. <laughs> Ed, I think your wife being oh one of them. Oh my God. Um, and he was mad because two weeks later, he found it on these other streaming sites and he was mad that he had to subscribe to it. So he took it to court and guys, he is suing Kanye and Tidal for $85 million. <laughs> $85 million. Yeah. I mean... Play it. Remember, take it back. Let's take it back 10 years. Remember when Kanye and 50 Cent were beefing? Well, they weren't really beefing, but they had that kind of bet thing with Graduation and whatever garbage 50 album was out. And it was like 50 said that if Graduation sold more copies than him, he would retire. So that to equivalent of this to me is being a 50 fan being like, I'm going to save 50's career and purchase his 9.99 album. And then, of course, he loses the bet and doesn't retire. So now instead of saying 50, not only do you owe me 9.99, you owe 85 million dollars for my emotional stress and damages. <laughs> Sounds accurate. Can so- somebody please explain this to me? Tom, wouldn't you say it's fair if they just refunded his membership? Yes. I mean, why do you need $85 million? I, you know why. <laughs> players trying to get paid. Everyone is trying to get money illegitimately these days. It's like no one even wants to work for money anymore. It's like, let me see who I can sue today. That's what we're at these days. Yep. Well, you guys heard that um, Ed Sheeran is uh, in the middle of a lawsuit now. I don't think it's Marvin Gaye's oh. estate, but I think it's one of the other writers on Let's Get It On. Their estate is, uh, is suing Ed Sheeran for the record, um, Thinking Out Loud. And it's like $100 million right now. So, million. I told y'all, I told y'all with the blurred line suit that the, the lid was going to blow off of this thing. Everybody and mama's going to get sued into the ground now. Oh, man. And I can't wait for 30 years from now when Jacquees gets sued for uh, being a <laughs> Donnell Jones clone. <laughs> Come on. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Uh, Ed Sheeran has the money, though. He can lose 100 mil. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you're his banker. Oh, he can lose 100 mil. That's cool. <laughs> so, I mean, he don't have a lot of money tied up in wardrobe, so you're probably right. Right. I don't know what that means, but uh, uh, okay. No. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> all right, all right. Um, Tom, let's go into the soul backtrack of the day. Do you have anything for us today? I'm putting you on the spot as I normally do. Yeah, I'm going to go with a track from our guest for the day. So our soul backtrack of the day is blank. Damn. <laughs> well, I love how you titled last week's podcast featuring no one. That was the what? most sad title I had ever seen, featuring no one. Well, well Tom, I'll, I'll, I'll like give I you said, one. we're tra- we're trying to bring some, we're trying to bring some guests, and apparently we're blacklisted now because everyone either wants to wait until their album drops, and looking at these R and B releases at this point, no one's dropping an album. Oh, um, 
I'll give or you one. I got too one though. Busy for us. Okay, okay. I'm gonna go with the Tyree song since we brought him up on this podcast. I I'll say this is arguably the best Tyree song, and that's "Sweet Lady." Only because maybe I I think so. I remember the video. I remember where I was when I first heard it, and I was like, okay, we got a new R&B star in our hands here. So that was 1999, and uh, he did become an R&B star following that. But uh, you guys agree that's the best Tyree song? I think you're right. It's hard for yeah. me to. I'm trying to think of a better song, and I think he has plenty of good songs, but that's his signature track. And that's the one that I will always associate Tyrese with. As much grief as I give him for being ridiculous and somebody needs to get take his phone away and take him off Twitter forever <laughs> and Instagram, the man knows how to make an R&B song. So if we're going to pick a song, that's going to be the one. Yeah, I'd say Sweet Lady is probably the more legendary song at this point. I personally like how you're going to act like that more just because... You know, that's just one of my personal favorites. But, yeah, Sweet Lady is probably up there. Lately is another one that uh, yeah. I really like as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, is great. I was never a fan of how you're going to act like that. I remember um, the days of Midnight Love, the the grandpas and grandmas in the household kind of relate to me on this one. They used to play that song every night. Oh, my gosh. That and Eric Benet and Tamia. Like, all right, <laughs> we know this song is this. Stop playing it every night. <laughs> Did you guys like the song I Like Them Girls? Because that was completely different for Tyrese. Absolutely not. I hated that song. I don't mind it. It's just it, it was just a fun song, you know? It wasn't... I guess I just took it for what it was worth. But, I, I mean, I wouldn't say it was one of his best, though. Right. I don't think he acknowledges that song anymore, unfortunately. Oh, man. No. <laughs> um, Good. So, shout out to Tyrese. Um... Who, Tom, you need to model our uh, podcast after because we're having a hard time getting guests. And I know Tyrese, once upon a time, was on a New York subway and he basically begged for people to check out his album. And I think you need to go on one of those subways and beg for some guests on this podcast because it's getting hard out here. A Tyrese (laughs) move would be us saying we have Kanye West on the podcast and then it would just be like Ed in a Kanye West voice or something. Well, seeing that the weekend convinced y'all that he was Michael Jackson on Drake's album, I guess it's the same thing. <laughs> All right, we're doing that next week. Ed, <laughs> I hope you got your Kanye West voice on. Yeah, I'll do my best. Oh man! All right. Until then, then uh, Ed, what's going on with SoInStereo dot com? I know you've done a bunch of reviews recently. Drake being one of them. I loved your Scorpion picture. Uh, tell us what's going on. <laughs> oh man! Yes, um, go check that out over at SoInStereo dot com if you want to hear a non-stand review of Drake's new album Scorpion. Now that all the kids have gone to bed and everybody has stopped yassing in classic all over your timelines. I'm there to break down what's good and what ain't good. And the spoiler is there's a whole lot that ain't good. Plus, you get to see the infamous picture that the guys are talking about. (laughs) Um, Besides that, though, basically, we've got a review of the BET Awards from last week. The infamous 20 questions column is back. And hopefully this week, before the holiday, I hope to have a 25 best albums of the mid-year post up. Working on it now and hope to have that ready in the next couple days. Um, will there will there be more than five R and B albums on that list? There will literally, if I'm looking at it right, there will literally be like five albums on that list. Oh. Okay, maybe four. 
It's yeah. hard out here. Uh, Tom, what's going on with You Know I Got So? I know we've uh, partnered up with Zeppelin and his production team. Some cool features. Yeah. Other than that, really, I'm just out here getting ready for these uh, new R&B releases that are coming over the next few months. Uh, just to name a few of them. Uh, sorry, I can't name any of them. There are none. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I'm serious. There is Stop. nothing. We've got a couple. What is name No, one? we've got a couple. What? We've got Tamiya, but that's like freaking Halloween. Yeah. We've got the internet, which Tom hates. We got... Okay, maybe that's... We it. got Shy coming up. I just found out five minutes ago. <laughs> well, Shy is already, already out, out, apparently. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm gonna listen to this album, and it's gonna be an album from the Bikini Lady, and not Shy. And I'm gonna be very mad. <laughs> wow. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, no, I'll, I'll just say that uh, you know, you, you, whoever's listening, you might not see a lot of posts on the site like you used to see, but really, there's just not much coming out for us to cover these days. It's kind of sad. This is so true. This is true. we're still here doing it, but like, man, it's just no one's releasing music. It's it's really. A, a scary time right oh, actually, now. Actually, I, I, I do know someone that is Ed's boy. People, people is uh, releasing oh. an album soon. Listen, I will have no people slander on this podcast. That new song is that heat. No, it it is. But uh, he's going to be releasing a project, I believe, in August. So I think that's the next uh, album that's coming out. Tom, I know you're looking forward to reviewing that one. Um, August. Oh, Mila August. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oh. Um, oh, and then lastly, Tom, we talked about this last week, and you weren't here, but Mila J has dropped a EP every month this year, and she just dropped her new one June 2018 um, on Friday. So, Ed, have you listened to the other Mila J EPs yet? Play, I have not listened to anything from Mila J this year, so maybe so. when I make some time on my busy schedule, now that I've finished reviewing that Drake album, which took three days... I can make way for these gigantic Mila J projects. Why does everybody have to barrage us with so much music and it's so mediocre? I would rather have nine tracks than 90 tracks. It's not that hard, y'all. Just give us your best. An EP every yeah, month. It's almost, uh, like, it's almost like I'm going to put yeah, out so much three. music that I just hope someone will find at least one of them. It's like, oh. Tom, I think I think we're 36 songs behind on Mila J releases right now, so we really got to step our game up. How, ma- how many do you think are actually pretty good? I mean, just realistically speaking. Probably, there's probably one decent song and EP, if that. So, like, maybe four. Oh. Well, she looks good on Instagram, so that, that she gets my streams. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Ashanti's biggest fan. Now you know why. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but as we talk about all these releases, and this is the very last point before we get out of here, Mila J is dropping 36 songs this year. Drake just dropped a 20... How many tracks was that? At 20... 25. 25. Chris Brown dropped 45 last year, plus a deluxe version, so 55. Uh, Migos, they don't they drop like 30 song albums as well? Yes, oh my gosh, they do. <laughs> so with all of that said and all of these releases, there's one artist that we're still waiting on since 2009, Mario. Anyways, oh. this is Kyle. This is the Soulback Podcast. Tom and Ed, we are out of here.